For those of you who don't know me, I am Alison Hopkinson. I'm married to the wonderful Peter Hopkinson. And I have an official announcement. Spring has started. Pete's in his shorts. <laughs> it's um, a real privilege to be here today. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here. I'm not a great biblical scholar. I probably have score higher on Wordle than I do on listening to 365, Lecture 365. But, I mean, I don't have Nigel's wit. I don't have Keith's humour. I don't have Tina's skills. I do have a big heart for God. And what I'm speaking to you about today is my heart and what's in my heart. And I hope just a little bit of your heart gets pierced with something that God wants you to hear today because I think that's, that's how it works. I was so challenged when I was preparing for this. So I'm doing a talk on set apart to serve. Living the old story in a new day, set apart to serve. What does set apart to serve mean? So I was really thinking about it really deeply. And it's changed my views on quite a lot of things. So I thought I knew something and I don't. From researching this, I've learnt. I've learnt a lot and I hope you also... Start questioning some of the things you think you know, and just really, does, is this right? Is this wrong? And I've certainly changed my views as a result of doing this. So let's look at set apart. Does that mean to be separate? Are we set apart because we're separate? Are we... Are we set... That's really separate, isn't it? Are we set apart to be separate? The old story, Jesus, Isaiah 42, verse 6, I am God, I am called to live right and well, I have taken responsibility for you, kept you safe, I have set you among my people to bind them and provided you as a lighthouse to the nations. Later in chapter 46, he says, I am setting you up as a light for the nations. In the new story, Jesus calls us disciples the light of the world. He calls us to be set apart. But let's really understand what that means. Nigel gave an absolutely brilliant talk two weeks ago where he talked about the bonded set and the centred set. The bonded set in or out. Are you in or are you out? And he talked about we're all going in different directions. There's no in or out. So my children who don't go to church regularly, but offered to pray for me this morning. Are they Christians? Are they in? Are they out? And I think what we're talking about today is the, the centred set. We're all in. But we are set apart. We're chosen. And to me that means that we're loved. We are selected by God to be his followers. When you prepare for the, when you agree to these talks, you get given notes. And I read the notes, and there's something I fundamentally disagree. One line I fundamentally disagreed with in the notes, in the guidance notes I was given. I don't know who writes them. Who writes them? Colin writes them. I disagreed. It said in those notes, God doesn't have favourites. I am God's favourite. I know I'm His favourite, but I think you are too. And I think you are too. I think we're all, and we all feel that we're his favourites. It's a bit like well, International Women's Day. Katie, my daughter, gave me a card and, it's, and a bunch of flowers. And it said, Mum, you're the most inspirational woman in the world. I felt like a million dollars. I felt like a million dollars. Five days later, I went to her godmother's 
where we had lunch. And she was so chuffed, she had a card from Katie. <laughs> yep, you're the most inspirational woman I know. <laughs> but I think it's like that with God. God well, loves us all so much. He thinks we're all really, 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 really special. But the great sadness for me is when people don't get that. So this lady I'm talking about right now, Kate's godmother, I was really privileged to bring her part of her journey to bring her to the Lord, but she didn't get for ages, years, that God could unconditionally love her. I had miles and miles of walking with her, miles and miles, hours and hours of talking with her before she finally got that God loves her unconditionally. She'd been a wild child, she still is a bit, but she's actually, sadly, has a terminal disease. She's not with us much longer, but she gets now that God loves her, and God has really helped her along the way. And for me, that is absolutely imperative. If any of you have got any blockages to really understanding that God loves you unconditionally, warts and all, then please work through it, because it's a game changer. Be really happy to pray with you about that, because you know I don't think I'm a brilliant Christian, but I do get that. I do get that God loves you, warts and all. So please, any blockages out there, anyone who doesn't know it, sort it out. Sort it out. So we are set apart, and to set apart doesn't mean to be separate. It means to be well in the community, as Nigel's talk told us, right in the middle of things. But what does it mean to serve? And this is where I really learned some important lessons. God, Jesus, was really clear on the how. How should we serve? He said in Matthew 20, verse 24 to 28, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around. How quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. You're going to be different. Whoever wants to become great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become a slave. And Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, God did not come to be served, but to serve. That was hugely countercultural. In those days, the rulers told you what to do and you did it. They were the religious people of the day were after power, they were after fame, and they were after control. So what Jesus talked about was servant hearted leadership. And he asks us today to be servant hearted leaders. I had a bit of that when I joined Tear Fund. So prior to that, I was working at, in corporate land. So I was working for Pricewaterhouse, I was working for Dell. And um, as you will know, it was a very command and control culture. So the corporate world is command and control. You tell people what to do, you make sure they do it, you follow the KPIs. When, you, when I joined Tear Fund, I was introduced to the concept of servant-hearted leadership. And this is where you leave from behind. Brilliant book, Serve Like Jesus. I don't know if anyone's read it. But you leave from behind. You're coaching. You're, you're teaching. You're encouraging. And you get to see people become the true self in God. There's nothing more rewarding than seeing people reach their full potential. It's not the command and control of the corporate. It's extremely frustrating at times. I mean, consultative meetings, consultative... Oh, it's so frustrating. But the rewards that you get from seeing people reach their full potential in God is absolutely... Sometimes you need a balance, but 
yeah, God asks us, Jesus asks us to be servant-hearted leaders. So the, the how, I think, is, is I understand, I get. But what I learned most, mostly from doing this talk is, is, the, is the what. So I had a, a lunch last Sunday with my father-in-law, who's Pete's father, 94, Graham. He's wonderful. He's the most spirit-filled man I've ever come across together with his mum. They are amazing. 94 years old, and they taught me, he taught me so much. He basically said, we are chosen. Yeah, we're set apart, we're chosen, but it's our job, it's our contract. Part of that contract is we've got to find out what we're supposed to do. I thought I understood how I did that. I thought that you think hard about what God's put in your plate, what, what skills he's given you, and then you think about how you can use those to serve God. So I'm an accountant, so therefore I'm on the audit committee of the Children's Society. I'm, I work with the Mount Marley Refugee on their strategy. I'm a number adder-upper. Tick! What a good girl am I? Graham said... He was interviewed in church when he was 82 years old and he'd kept a transcript of it. So that was 12 years ago. They asked him an amazing question. How has your view of God changed over the years? What do you wish you'd been told 50 years ago that you did so you know now? His response blew me away. He said, I think 50 years ago, how many of us think this? The thing was to commit your life to Christ, believe good and right evangelical doctrine, learn more of the Bible, give 10% of your income to God, get stuck into Christian work, and live a good life. It was a matter of me doing good things for God. I thought it was, he said, I thought it was my job to assess my gifts and my resources and decide in what way I can use them for God. Yep. I thought that's pretty sensible. He says, I know, no, I know, no, that's wrong. It isn't like that. If anything is achieved in my life, he said, it is only achieved by God working through me in ways that he chooses. In ways he chooses. And I believe that he worked through me, more through who I am and my relationship with him than through my many and varied gifts. And although clearly he uses those gifts. So what Keith was saying about having a good relationship with God so that we can hear what it is he'd have us do is fundamental. It's actually critical to what we're saying, to what we're asked to do. So the how is not about what do we think we can do. How can we serve God? It's about listening to what God wants us to do. That blew me away. I'm still thinking about it. I mean, I only just saw him last Sunday, and I'm working through it. But it's fundamental. It's a real change in how how I was thinking about that. I do think there's an element of, and when we were doing Psalm 23, the words that stuck to me was, he will lead you on the right path. So I do think there's an element of putting yourself in the path and listening with your ears and eyes as to what God is putting in your way. And I've only really felt that once when I, when I joined Tear Fund. I still almost forgiven John for this, but I did not want to join Tear Fund. It was a really rubbish salary. It was really, I had no heart for poor people. Um, uh, not really anyway. 
and it was a rubbish commute. But I joined Tearfon because I felt God was telling me to do it. And, and a few months later, I was sent to South Sudan. And I knew, I knew, I knew I was in the right place. Seeing the poverty around me, seeing, hearing stories of children dying needlessly, I knew I was in the right place. It's probably the only real time I know I've been really listening to God. And it's a great, it's a great feeling. If only we could carry on, though, and learn from that lesson, because then I was dazzled after four and a half years of the bright lights to, when I was asked to be a surfer of Oxfam. And it was double salary and the kudos of Oxfam. There ensued the most miserable five years of my life. I didn't listen to God. I didn't learn my lesson, you know, so please don't do that. Let's develop our relationship with God and really make sure we're doing what he wants us to do. But I think it is about as Keith just said, developing our relationship with God, being open for what's on our path. Here's an example of someone who's done that. Who knows who that is? This guy was a Maidenhead resident, and this is his statue, which is on Maidenhead Station, and it is, it is Sir Winton, and he basically saved the lives of 669 children. He, diver- he was diverted from his holiday in Vienna and went to Prague. And there he saw the persecution of children, and he, he put them on trains. He was known as the British Schindler. He put them on trains, and today there's 6,000 ref, um, relatives of that guy alive as a result of his actions. So he was a pretty cool geezer, but he basically was a banker. He wasn't a refugee worker, but he saw what was in his path, and he responded. And I was just thinking when I, when I was, you know, what about the situation in Ukraine now? How does that relate to us? So this is just a Maidenhead resident who saves 6,000 people are alive because of him. What can we do? So the how is about being open. It's about listening, about being developing a relationship with God and following what he wants us to do. So now, finally, I'm just going to cover the, the why. So we're set apart, we're loved, we're adored, we're set apart to serve. Why? Well, it's clearly not... Because we're, spe- we're special so we can be arrogant, we can stand above and think we're superior to other people. It's not... Am I holding it in the wrong way? Anyway, it, I've got the, it's not Putin. It's not the picture of Putin again. No, it's more... It's more like the picture... We have, I had a video of the Pope washing 12 prisoners' feet. So it's not Putin. It's not that. It, the, this is a video which just really touched me as I was preparing. And it's a video of the Pope washing the feet of 12 prisoners, six women, six men. And he shows servant-hearted leadership. We've been set apart to serve so that we can spread the love of Jesus. It's the same in the Old Testament where the Israelites were set apart so that they could tell the whole world about the love of Jesus, the love of God. It's the same in the New Testament where we're set apart so we can Bring the love of Jesus to everybody. That's why we are set apart. So that we can bring the love of Jesus to everybody. 
And I think it works best when the two things I've been speaking about come together. So when we know that we know that we know how much God loves us, when we've got that sorted, then, then when we're doing what we know is, the, is what God wants us to do, when that happens, we overflow to the brim. We overflow with God's love. And, and people see that we're genuine. And sometimes it's really difficult. You, know, you invite people to Alpha and they don't come. But I'm, I want to say to myself and to you, don't stop. Because if you stop, you're going to miss out. And others will miss out too. So I'm going to, before I close with prayer, I'm going to close with a final word from my, from my father-in-law. And he said, I have discovered there's always more. And even at my age, I don't want to miss out. This 94-year-old, I've discovered there's always more. And even at my age... I don't want to miss out. Do we have the video or shall I close in prayer? This is a video of servant-hearted leadership at its absolute best. That is servant-hearted leadership, isn't it amazing? That's what we're called to do. We're called to love, know that we love God so that we can servant-heartedly tell everybody about the love of Jesus and let everybody not miss out. Ensure that all of us don't miss out. I'm just going to close in prayer. I pray for all of us that we know that we know that we know God's love and that you remove any blockages that anyone has from knowing how much God loves them. I pray for all of us that we can go deeper with God, really develop our relationship so we know what it is with clarity that you would have us do to serve him. Let us let go of what we think is best and learn to relax in God's power and listen to him really strongly. I pray we have ears and eyes to open to see who or what God is putting in our path and that we'll have the courage to respond. And finally, I pray that we don't miss out. Amen. Stunning. Thank you, Ali. Yeah, come on.